Hey there, missionaries. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And boy, do we have a stuffed episode for you tonight. We're on the other side of 300. We're on episode 301 of the Michaud Mission, and we are reviewing Soul Man as we kick off two weeks of Mother May I Have Another One of Those Bad Black Movies. And this is definitely one of them. Soul Man stars C. Thomas Howe, Ray Dong Chung, and wait for it, James Earl Jones. That's right. James Earl Jones. And trust me, Vincent and I, we have questions. We also answer some listener mail, which gets us to giving our suggestions for artists to be on a new soundtrack for the reboot of Marvel's Blade movie series. We debut a brand new segment, Lens Top 5, and we debut it with Lens Top 5 white roles that are coded as black. You want to stay tuned for that. We always get into Six Degrees of Dervell Martin as Vincent tries to get to Michael J. Fox as well as Cher, which somehow gets us into reviewing the career of Cher, which somehow gets us into reviewing the career of Diana Ross. And that's after Vincent goes down memory lane with 80s young white actors and all of that precedes the review of the movie i'm telling you it is stuffed and if that's not all we also at the end of the episode debut a new single visions of gold by alexa gold you'll know that name alexa gold is actually the great philadelphia artist who created our new theme music for the show well she's got an album that she's working on and she has a new single visions of gold and we are debuting it right here at the end of the show for you to check out all right so it's it's a long one, but trust me, it is super entertaining. Enjoy this stop on the mission. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. Hello. And on this episode, as we leave behind the celebration (laughs) of our road to 300 and land smack dab in Mother May I have another one of those bad black films, our yearly excursion into terrible black cinema. Isn't an excursion because that gives the the idea that it might be something pleasant for us. Well, it's an excursion. It's 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 almost like when people tour disaster sites. Yeah, but you don't call them excursions. Well, you don't say you kind of do. It's excursions of the rubble and excursions of the rubble. Well, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, I think we can both agree these are terrible films. (laughs) Here in Mother May I. Thank God the penultimate week because it is a shortened month. Oh boy, yes, yes. Two weeks, that's it. In and out. And our first stop is with the infamous 1986 film Soul Man. 
I'm a soul man. Or as I like to affectionately refer to it, Blackface, the movie. C. Thomas Howell, Ray Don Chung, James Earl Jones, Leslie Nielsen. Mm -hmm. In this train wreck of hot garbage, which is so bad I had to mix several metaphors. <laughs> Mixed them, you did very well. But before we get to that, what's going on, Lynn? How are you this evening? I am doing very well, my brother. And shout out to each and every one of you out there who are watching us as we stream live via StreamYard to Facebook, as well as to Twitch and on YouTube. Sharon Eldridge already with the question Hey, did I see Julia Louis Dreyfus in Soul Man? You did. More than you'll ever see her discuss this film. Yeah. She never brings this up. Go figure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can only really find two people who bring up this film. <laughs> really oh, let me just say this. If we had one more day, mm -hmm. I was going to the public library because it's not online. Like it's not on Apple Books and it's not on Kindle. I was going to hunt down a physical copy of James Earl Jones's biography to see if he mentions it at all. Did you find anything with him talking about this at I all? I find anything with him talking about this movie, but that made me wonder, okay, what was happening with James Earl Jones's career? Exactly. Circa 1985, 1986 that landed him in Soul Man. Because you have so much respect for James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just got to be a reason. It's got to be a reason. Like, it's got to, it's, it's a Sidney Poitier, Porgy, and Best situation. Like, something must have happened where he looked up and kind of he was contractually bound. Sidney Poitier and Porgy and Best is, yes, he's contractually bound to do that. And he does that by way, you know, at the end of the day, he does that so that he can do something else. Right, you right. I mean? The violence. Right, right. Um, So... I, I can kind of see, and Sydney, as much of a name as he is, he's still up and coming. Right, at right. That point. This is James Earl Jones. Right. Not maybe two, three years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So maybe, so maybe it was it was almost like a Will Smith in Men in Black type situation where where the deal was, I do this Men in Black film, and I get to do Ali. Yeah, see, I thought that too, but then I looked around his filmography. And there's nothing? There's nothing. There's so nothing. Nothing. If I had one more day, like I actually sketched it out today, like did I have enough time mm -hmm. to try and fumble, bumble around Philadelphia mm -hmm. to try to hunt down? Because it, it, it's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. He does Return of the Jedi in 1983. Okay. Okay. He follows that with uh, City Limits. And all you need to know about whether or not, you know, he needed to be in City Limits, the star of that, stars of that film are Daryl Larson, who, right, John Stockwell, not to be confused with Dean Stockwell. Which is what I did immediately. A very, very young Kim Cattrall and Ray Dawn Chung. Radon Chung. He's in two movies with Radon Chung? You would have never thought it. That was the follow-up in films to Return of the Jedi. 
And mind you, Return of the Jedi is 1983. City Limits is 1985. So his film work is after Return of the Jedi is City Limits quickly followed by Soul Man. Missionaries, we, we have to apologize for going completely off of script in doing this, but you you know, those of you who, who have listened for a while, you know that Lynn and I do not talk about the film mm-hmm. until the show starts. That's right. So in real time, you all are hearing that both of us thought this was a great mystery. Yeah, it was and mystery. now we're trying to in- we're trying to solve it. It's now, now it's the, insane that he's in this. It is. It, and it's not like he's not still doing good work at this time, because around this time, if I checked it correctly, he is, you know, because he's a man of the stage as well. I was about to say he's probably doing a, a lot of stage work. So he's doing so he's doing stage work at the time. Right. But like he's still big and burly enough. He could be doing Othello. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and so and and. At that time, he's doing uh, what he he did Othello in '82. Yeah, oh yeah, big old barrel chest, deep voice, articulate brother. He did Master Harold and the Boys. He sure did do Master Harold and the Boys. I remember that actually. But again, that's '82, '80 because that was a bit a bit of a hit. It was. Well, hit. here's something. When was Conan? Well, Conan Conan is like early '80s, like about 80, that's like '81, '82, '81, '82. So he doesn't now him in that wig. A lot of people on, you know, you remember him on the stage because he did he did fences. Right. He doesn't do fences until 1987. I know that. That's the one that he won the Tony Award. I know that. I know that. That's not till after Soul Man. I ever tell you my fences story? What's it? I think you did maybe a class did I when I, a class that I was in, we went to see fences mm-hmm. with James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones did not perform the night that oh, I went, wow. his understudy did. And who was his understudy? Charles Dutton. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff right there. None of this explains why James Earl Jones is in Soul Man. Sounds like it was about a check. You know, I don't like to get into people's personal lives. I mean, is he married? Like, was well, he going I through a divorce he... or something? No. no well, like, did he need some quick he money? Had recently remarried. Okay. In 1982 and had his first child in 1982 as well. Right. But this so, is 86. Well, this is 86, but you know, it sounds like maybe certain lifestyle. Maybe the baby needed some braces. Got to keep the checks coming. Keep the checks something. I don't know. New wife wanted a pool or something. Like maybe. I said, I hesitate to pull the man's personal life, but. You're trying to find like you're just trying to figure out why he's in this piece of shit. He's James Earl. He's James Earl Jones. I know, brother. You didn't have to be in this. I know. I know. All right. I'm sorry. We'll we'll talk about all of that in the review proper. Well, we've talked about. We've talked about. (laughs) We've talked about this. That that was the portion of the review where we would have spent five to ten minutes going. Why is James Earl Jones in this? Yes. If there's any consolation, most of his scenes. Seem to be in one room, just in one room. So, it, or maybe like just in the hallway outside of the right, room. Right, right. They have that other room in his yeah. office. Right. So, so he maybe was on set two days. Maybe he, he they shot all the scenes. Yeah. So maybe before he figured out what was going on, one can only hope. But see, even then, all the scenes he's in, he's in C. Thomas's house. 
he's with C. Thomas Allen that's in that, true. In that ridiculous out. makeup. That's very like, true. it's not like he's just with Radon Chung very and he doesn't true. know what's going on. That's very true. Every scene he's in, he's with C. Thomas Al with some shoe polish on his face. Well, oh, it, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's very true. As a matter of fact, um, that sparked another <laughs> title for this film in my head. Soul Man colon all the blacks have cataracts all the blacks have all right all right all right all right all right we got some mail or or derville martin or some let's let's use because because you because because you know you know that pissed me off like this is this is, is this is our second passing movie, our third passing movie. It's probably our. It's third. definitely our. Yes, yeah, you know. I always say, no one passes with black people. Like that's actually white people nonsense mm-hmm. that you pass with white people. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody passing with black folks. Mm-hmm. Well, and certainly, I'm trying. Like I'm about to drop an f bomb. <laughs> this mother is certainly not going anywhere. Like even Radon Chung's dumbass, I said, okay, maybe her dumbass is it. But then he actually went over to the house with her grandparents, and I almost, That's what I, got I almost flipped my <laughs> computer over. I said, ain't no way in hell these two old black people <laughs> let him come in here looking like that. Oh God, I'm messing up the whole character. All right, but uh, we gonna we'll talk about all that. Uh, uh, we'll talk gotta, about. All that. I gotta move. I talk, we'll talk about I blame I said, you. I blame you <laughs> for picking this movie. I said the same thing. I was giving her, I was like, okay, it's Ray Don Chung. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the you know, she's tired. She got to work at the dining hall. You know where she I got a kid. You know where she I she's trying to take classes. Maybe she just sleepy all the time. The only the only thing I, I was saying. What I landed on is like, okay, Ray Don Chong is Ray Don Chong. And it's like, hey, whatever. But James Earl Jones and the grandparents, well, they're all wearing glasses. They're all wearing, so they're all wearing, which now we're back to, you said, all the oh, black God. people have cataracts. <laughs> right, right. <sighs> Come on, we, we, we have, we have, oh. we have business <laughs> to attend to before we get to the business of soul man Corey floyd uh what's up Corey? he actually posits a reason that james earl jones maybe is in this film maybe he lost money from the video game crash <laughs> of 1984 take all of my money and invest it in the atari 5200 <laughs> remember the 5200 a thousand, a thousand <laughs> stocks of Pong. ColecoVision is the future. ColecoVision. Ethan, take all of my money and invest it in ColecoVision. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. We're all over the place. We, we are. We are. We are literally off and running. Thank you. You got some letters? How <laughs> <laughs> are we? Uh, yes, we got, we, we have, um, 
we have listener mail. Hey, missives from the missionaries. Yes. And this email that we received is from Terry Plain. Hey, Terry. Excited to enter into the 300s. Okay. Hi, Lennon. Vince absolutely loved celebrating with you for the 300th episode. Thank you. And thanks for celebrating with us. Thank you. I'm watching the great debaters again. Okay. And hope this will be reviewed in the next yard of films. To look at this ensemble in 2022 is almost like looking at the iconic photograph Great Day in Harlem. Mm. Actors like Denzel and Forrest were already icons, but to see Nate Parker, Journey Smollett, and of all names, Denzel Whitaker, and know they are the next generation of greats is just a joy to watch over and over. Also, this was my first time noticing the opening scene had the legendary Sharon Jones hmm. of that King's fame. Nice. I didn't know that. Uh, on another note, I'm glad the voicemail is gaining followers. <laughs> However, I tend to avoid anything with the digit 666. <laughs> Wait, is that our number? <laughs> I've never noticed that. Um, we, yeah, we got to change that. You know, well, look. You know, black folks don't play with the devil. It's set in stone now. Uh, no shade, Len, but I'm not messing with... Uh, the devil, see? W- uh, devil stuff. Yeah, see? I know that. Finally, has the debate been settled that Collateral, starring Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise, is actually a black movie? If so, heap it into the next 100 rounds, onward and upward to 400, Terry Plain. Thank you, Terry. You know, I've never seen Collateral. You haven't? No. Is it good? It's been a while since I saw it, but I remember enjoying it. Okay. Um, Tom Cruise is the... I was... Here's why I think I would call it a black film. Mm-hmm. Because the, I think Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx pretty much share billing on it. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise maybe gets top billing because he's Tom Cruise. Sure. Um... But Tom Cruise is is the bad guy, right? 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 In that movie, so I think that with Jamie Foxx being, you know, the hero of a sort in that film, I think that lands it on it being a black film, the same way like a Denzel traditional sure, Denzel or sure. or, or um, Will Smith movie. And you've just sold it to me more than anyone has ever sold it to me since it's been out. Tom Cruise as a villain. Exactly. Has I can't think of a film off the top of my head where he played a villain besides that. Then, yeah, I don't think he's actually played. I mean, like he's played like jerks. Yeah, but, but he's, he's always a protagonist. Played, he's always or like a, a side side person. Like, yeah, he was like uh, just like a a side character in uh, Tropic Thunder. Right, 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 right. But even then, that's not Tom Cruise's character because he's under like. 30 right, pounds right. of prosthetics. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Getting really good reviews for this Tom, this Top Gun, too. Yeah, I, 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 I still don't care, but God bless it. Yeah, I mean, you know. I had actually, actually, I had an opportunity to to see it tomorrow. To my, my I, I have a soft spot. You know, I have a soft spot for these 80s. I know you do. Things. You do. And, and, and what's more 80s than Top Gun? Not it's much. like jingoism and homoeroticism. 
all it's all right there. Like that's eighties action movies right here. And the great debaters, I remember liking, but I don't know if I've ever revisited it. I think I I've only I seen it once. It. I know yeah. I've only seen it the one time, mm-hmm. and I kind of remember liking it too. But yeah. I'm like, and that is a great cast. I feel like someone plays Denzel Washington's character's wife, who's good too. Oh well, you you brought up a black actress. Is that like Kim Elise? Is that one of the films where she plays his wife? Well, I know Kim Elise is is his wife in a few, a couple of things. Um, let's see. Kimberly Elise is in the movie. Then that's who she plays. Well, she, it says she plays Pearl Farmer. I don't know if Pearl, I don't know if Farmer is his last his character's last name because his his character's last name is Tolson. So I'm not sure if she plays if that is you know his his wife. I don't know. I don't think no no. I think she is. Um, the wife of Forrest Whitaker's character, because Forrest okay, Whitaker's well maybe that's what I'm James Palmer. Well, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Right. Okay. 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 Well, but thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. Um, that was a listener mail. Okay. But speaking of voicemail, <laughs> we got a voicemail. We got a voicemail, Vincent. Voice. Voice. Mail from the vocal missionaries. I was wondering where how he's going to make that work. Uh, yes, and if you want to leave us a voicemail, ladies and gentlemen, it sure is six six. Call that now infamous number two one five eight six seven nine six six six. Why you got us a devil number? It's what was available. I I didn't want that. I was trying to get more of a. See how they do us? Why do you give us a devil number? You know, you loved this segment before. I did until yeah, Terry until Terry, until Terry pointed out that we're consorting with dark spirits. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> we're watching Raised in the Sun in my class. And there's a part where Ruth asked Mama about about investing in the liquor store mm. and mama says I'm too close to my judgment day to have that kind of thing on my ledger I remember her and I said you know what I, I'm not mad at her for that no no you're right I'm not mama's age but I don't know how much I want this on my ledger wow <laughs> she said I'm too close to my judgment day to have that on my ledger no, this is on your ledger this is on my See, just deal with it. I'm gonna have to go feed some orphans or something. Just put to it offset the, it. Just put it in the back. Just All right, back. go ahead. We got a voicemail. Let's hear the voicemail, gentlemen. This is Rolfo in Big D, longtime listener, first time caller. Congratulations on going so strong for so long. You're the reason movies such as Sorry to Bother You are part of my video collection. I'm always eager to hear what you'll review next. Now, if I may. A question. I've come to accept that Disney slash Marvel is going to mess with perfection and remake Blade. When the inevitable happens, here's hoping that, as before, someone releases another killer album of music from and inspired by the movie. In this hypothetical new album, what contemporary artists would you like to hear making music about that big bad bloodsucker hunter? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Now I'm going to go off and try to ice skate uphill because I'm just that kind of guy. 
All the best. That is interesting. Because remember, Blade, Blade had sort of that techno, mm-hmm. dark techno feel to it because Blade was all leathered up. Yeah. And in the clubs. Yeah. What contemporary artist would you want to see? Do you know that no, many no, no. That's, contemporary artists? That's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I know who I think I would be interested in maybe getting his hands on something with that. Who? Anderson Pack. I was thinking Anderson Pack. Yeah. And then I was going back and forth because I was like, should it be a masculine voice? Because I think Janelle Monet could do some really interesting work. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, we're talking about a soundtrack. So right, right, right. Work on right. It. The internet. I'd love to hear the internet kind of mess with it a little bit. Yeah. You know what? Uh, um... My daughter says Tyler, the creator, because she thinks Tyler, the creator, should just be involved in everything. Okay. Well, I don't know about that one. Well, you know what you yeah. can do. Yeah. The kids. Kids. I mean, he said, he said <laughs> contemporary. Point. So point, but we didn't say BTS. Well, well, to be fair, neither did she. Right. Um, the internet's good, actually. To be fair, Tyler, Tyler the Creator is not a bad idea. No, no, no. Kendrick's not a bad idea. Kendrick's Kendrick not a bad idea. I, I like Anderson Pack because Anderson Pack I like because I think he he tries to pull from the old and then twist it. Right, dissected a little bit, you know what I mean. Right, and there's a bit of him stepping into different roles, mm-hmm. like you could see him stepping into the role of someone making music for something. Like, like I'm hoping Blade keeps that theatrical aspect, right, of Blade's world. Like the one thing I am hesitant about Blade being part of the massive Marvel universe mm-hmm. is that there was a whole world built around blade that again is very theatrical very operatic that that i can see anderson pack stepping into this kind of thing which is why i thought about janelle monet who who i think has maybe moved away a little bit but her first couple of albums where where she was there were there was the whole narrative of the robot and the androids and Mm -hmm. so but there you go yeah um you know, based off, I spent the and the internet has a bit of that electronica. Oh feel yeah, the internet yeah, is definitely a good that yeah 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 to kind of connect the two. I could definitely see conceptually. That. Yeah, I spent the weekend watching binging, um, Winning Time on HBO Max. Oh, I've seen a Lakers. couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I ended on enjoying it. For yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed what I've seen. Um, but. The theme song to that mm-hmm. uh, is done by The Coup. Oh. And it's banging. Not contemporary. Not contemporary. And I'm glad they're making music. I, w- I didn't know they yeah. were still yeah. making mu- yeah, music. Yeah, speaking of Sorry to Bother You. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but that made me think like, oh, okay, I could see them maybe pulling something with that. Um, I just, honestly, I just hope that they do Blade right. Yeah. You know, I hope they don't try to like uh, put a little bit of that MCU sheen on it. Well, you get the sense, and hopefully this isn't wishful thinking, that these are the kind of conversations that are being had about Blade. Mm -hmm. And I have to say something like 
Moon Knight. Something like even WandaVision. Where you can see that tension between this is a part of this billion dollar IP money churning machine Mm -hmm. and the creators having their own vision. Yeah. Even the Eternals, I was going to which say, I the think, Eternals which, which did, I thought pulled. is a film that I didn't love as a film, but I admired the fact that they, it, it seems, you see what they were trying to do. It seems like it, you know, they were trying to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange. No, the Doctor Strange that just came out. I think you see Sam, um, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. over it. Yeah, yeah. That's good so one. I'm hoping that Blade, their space. To have that kind of singular vision. I do too. So that it's not, again, IP Man 3. Right, right. Summertime film. Right. Uh, Farrell Blackwell suggested uh, Run the Jewels for the Blade soundtrack. Uh, I like their aggression. I like the I like the aggression of Run the Jewels. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also suggested uh, Stormzy for that. I like Stormzy. I don't, I don't know Stormzy. Yeah, he's uh, British? Definitely European, I think British. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and in regards to Tom Cruise being a uh, villain, uh, George Carmona reminds me that Tom Cruise was the villain in uh, Taps. You remember uh, Taps? Not it, no, no, no. Taps is with. Um, oh, that's right. That's the about military. the boarding school. Yeah, the military boarding school. Oh my god, I forgot all about Taps until yeah. this exact second. Th- that's very early in time. That Cruises. is very early. It's, it's in his. It, it's early in his career. Sean Penn's career. Yeah, Taps. Yeah, yeah. I forgot all about. I forgot Giancarlo Esposito was in it. Yeah, because remember he's Esposito. the black cadet. Yeah, gets burnt up. That's a good movie. That I watched that again. Is a good movie. Uh, I think over the pandemic, I watched it again, and yeah, that's a good movie. Oh, I'm gonna have to pull out tabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good pull, George. I went on. Uh, a matter of fact, when I watched that, I, I was going on an early Sean Penn dive. Mm-hmm. So I watched that, and I watched the first movie, Bad Boys. Okay, which stars Sean Penn and. Issa Morales. Right. Well, you know, C. Thomas Howell had me thinking about those really interesting 80s movies where there was just this embarrassment of young actors. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, of course, about The Outsiders. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about um, Is Lost Boys 80s? Lost Boys. Lost 80s. Boys. Thinking about Red Dawn. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, certainly Taps falls in there, too, where, again, there were so many of these young actors mm-hmm. who were really good. Really, really, really good. So, yeah, Taps is a good pull. Yeah, good one. Good one, uh, George. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my uh, my friend. Um, yes, Timothy Hutton, uh, Sharon Eldridge is asking. Timothy Hutton is the star of Taps. I couldn't remember who that actor mm-hmm. was. He's the, the lead guy in that. that was Again, good. it was like, 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 it was like eight or nine of these dudes. Who were like under twenty five? Mm-hmm. Who were really good actors? Very good, very good. Those and you know, every once in a while they got uh, opportunity to flex. Yeah, and show their stuff. And then see Thomas Howe said, "You know what? I'm going to make Soul Man." I'm sorry. 
it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze and Ralph Matt Macchio and um and Rob um oh I just forgot Iron Man's name. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Jr. Yeah. and and James um James Spader and James Spader and um Kiefer Sutherland all looked at him and said, "Oh yeah, that sounds like a really good idea." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please go do that. Go do that. Yeah, <laughs> I can throw this script off the table. <laughs> and there's one person gone. <laughs> right. Tom Cruise said, "My plan is coming together." I don't think Tom Cruise was really worried about CT. I know. To be fair, I don't think any of them were really. Worried I about know, it. but but I like C. Well, I guess we should talk about that during the review. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get to the review, um, we got a new segment to introduce, Vince. Do we now? We do. We're on the other side of three hundred. On the other side of three hundred. So. It's time for us to introduce a new segment. New segment. And this is a segment we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Now, longtime listeners to the Michelle Mission know that, you know, why it seems that I don't like movies. Yes. I do like lists. You do. <laughs> so, you do. Vincent, however, a lover of movies. A lover of movies. It's true. Have a whole podcast. Could really take a leave a list. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of lists. So, since you've already got a segment. Yes, yes, yes. I now have a segment. Now there's yours. We're going to see how this plays out. See how it plays out. With the missionary. All right. Where I come up with a different top five list every week. Top five list. We could call it Lynn's top five. We could call it Lynn's top five, but I, you know, I, you know, don't want to put the ownership on it no, necessarily. No. All right. So we'll just say top five. We'll just say top five. And what is our top five this week, Lynn? Today's top five. Our inaugural top, top five, five is the top five white roles that code as black. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Which is very hard for me to, to, to come up with because these are roles in films because mm-hmm. these will always be movie related okay these are roles in film where it's a white person playing more or less a white role but something about it's got like you know it feels black it feels black feels black it feels black. okay you know so it's not so it's it's not a white person playing well a, a black person so per se per se Right. Okay. Or or person of color. Or person of color. Okay. So, what we talking about, black folks? <laughs> okay. Go ahead. What we got, Lynn? All right. So, starting at number five. Number five. Let's see how this goes. Starting at number five, we have Cameron, mm. who plays Jamal from House Party Two. Yes. Now, Cameron. Famously, a rapper of mm-hmm. the of the eighties with a group called the Young Black Teenagers, mm-hmm. which was a group of white teenagers. Yes, rapping. Yes, and if you remember the Jamal character in House Party Two, from his locks, well, locks, dreaded hair. Yes, um, his his, his clothing, his, his, the way he talked, he spoke, and the way he rapped. 
was definitely coded to be black. Okay. I would think. Absolutely. It's a bit of a wigger accent. Part of the text of the film, actually. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's there. Absolutely. All right. All right. Number four. Number four. James Franco as Alan in Spring Breakers. Okay. From 2013. Did did you ever see Spring Breakers? I actually didn't see it. Spring Breakers is this movie. I think it's about three or four uh, white girls on spring break and they get involved in a whole bunch of shenanigans. It's actually like uh, more of a drama. Mm -hmm. Maybe dramedy. I didn't remember laughing a little bit at it, but maybe I was just laughing at the dumbness of these girls. Mm -hmm. But they get involved with James Franco, who was like, like, like this. He's a drug dealer, but I can't remember if it was just weed or heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see him, like he too, hair dreaded. I think he got like gold fronts, mm-hmm. um, couple of tattoos, definitely like lay butts, got like um uh got 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 like big sunglasses, nail style sunglasses, definitely supposed to be like a brother. Okay. Kind of situation. Right? All right. Definitely codes as black. Okay. Okay. So that's number four. Number three. The magic number. Yes, it is. Gary Oldman from True Romance. Yes. Another. Yes. Bit of a drug dealer. Yes. Long pattern hair. here. There's yes. A coat. There's a pattern here. Yeah. Pattern. But you wouldn't have thought that Gary Oldman would play a character coded as black. Sure. Gary, sure. Gary Oldman. You know, not only white, but British. Bit of a Brit. Yes. Yes. So, but he does. It. He does. He does it. And of all of these performances, maybe as problematic as it is, the best performance. Right. In a very slept-on movie. Are you? Are you? I, I'm. I'm a fan of True Romance. I love True Romance. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. Number two. Number two. Michael Rappaport. I am surprised it's taken this long for Michael Rappaport to show up. Well, we're make, working our way up. Right, right, right. So he would right, be here. Right. He's made a whole career <laughs> out of this. Well, it's his whole shtick. It's not his whole shtick. It's like 80% of his shtick. Okay. Well, he doesn't code black in higher learning. Well, no, he doesn't. But that's okay. one of the very few, very few performances where, dare I say, he performs very true. Yeah, so but in bamboozled as um Thomas Dunwitty, a man who is married to black a black woman, mm-hmm. and, and I believe has a black child, but I don't believe like the child is his. Right. But, I don't remember that detail, but yeah. You, but 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 because he's married to this black woman, and because of the way he speaks and acts mm-hmm. in the movie, he actually tell somebody in a movie that he's blacker than them yes yes that's the whole thing calls him the n-word yeah 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 so he is definitely it's actually one of the best scenes in the movie where where damon wayne's character as as michael rapaport is explaining things Mm -hmm. and he says oh speak on great nigger (laughs) olish exactly exactly and in michael rapaport's defense the thing i love about that role is that I think Michael Rappaport is very aware mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of how he comes off on, on, on the joke. so that he understands that this role is is a critique of him. Of him. Yeah. And yeah. he was a good sport about it. He was. So he was. Now, number one. Number one. Possibly controversial, it, 
just because of the rules that I set down. Right. Is it going to be Predator? Like the Predator? Remember, because remember, people said because he had locks. Well, see, but the, see, see, I could have gone somewhere like the Predator. Mm-hmm. I could have gone uh, Jar Jar Binks. Right, right, right. You know, but those those aren't white roles. Got you. You know, because I, I I was leaning that way. Right. These are of these are alien yeah. roles. That... Yeah. Because I could have went with what's the 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 Transformer. Remember the Transformer? Oh, Jazz. No, not Jazz. Oh, you mean the two the the, the two right from, from the movie? You know, I've never actually seen any of those michael bay transformers movies after. none of them not even the first i was about to say after the first one okay right at the end of the first one i said oh yeah okay you got me for my seven dollars for this one but never again but it, you weren't drawn into the second one no really uh, apparently not no. anyway number one number one is susan Coner, who plays sarah jane interesting in the remake of imitation of life now that's kind of the whole point, though. Well, see, see, but here's the reason why I I I went here, right? Because the idea of that film is for it, like she she's passing. Yes, she's passing to be white. Right, right. But the reason why I selected her is because in the original mm-hmm. imitation of life, this role is played by Freddie Washington. Yes. A black woman. Yes. And Susan Coner is not black. No. She is a white woman. Yes, she is. And to me, that means so you took a role that was played by a black woman. It's actually a black character. A black and, and a black character. Yeah. Gave it to a white woman. Mm-hmm. To try and pass as a black character, but passing but, as a white woman, right? Yeah, and so to me, like that is like to me in my limited mind because my mind is very limited. Mm. That sounded like the definition of coding a code a character that is coded as black, right? But it you made it a white role, okay? So that's why she went number one on my list of top five white roles that were coded as I mean it's black. it's the it it's the, the 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 most racially ambiguous role of all time. Yes. So, there you go. There you go. All right, top 5. Top 5. Top 5. We'll see whether or not the the missionaries enjoyed that um but that it's a potential new segment. We're on the other side of 300. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um Let's say Sharon Eldridge asked a question. Jazz is black? <laughs> yes, that's yes, he is. And yes, it is. Yes. Um, and she also says Chewbacca. I don't think Chewbacca is coded as I don't think I, I wouldn't go with Chewbacca. No. Chewbacca's no. not really cool. Your brother it. Damon asked, however, um, says that Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night should have been a brother. That's an interesting actor, too. Because he does look like he could be black. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. So we'll see what we'll we'll see you know we'll see what the missionaries as they listen right. to the show. I'm also not going to bite because that goes into the whole thing about race and the the mythos of the vampire that I'm not going to do because no, I please. could we we've already I would sit here for 30 minutes. We will and talk never about get that. to the movie. I was about to say the othering and 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 sort of the great European fear. You know, when you talk about it under your breath, oh, you are actually. I'm sorry. 
I mean, that's the whole subtext of Bram Stoker's okay, okay. Dracula. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. It's sir. time to get to the game show that is sweeping the sweeping nation. the nation. This is what this is what they came for. Right, 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 right. Top five stuff. Right. We came for for a year. It's the first one. You have to let it grow and develop. Yeah. Well, so hopefully it'll nurture develop. it. Yes. We'll, we'll water it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Derville Martin. Six degrees of Derville Martin. Where Vincent tries to get from the 70s character actor and bon vivant. Derville Martin to an actor of my choice. Vincent, are you ready? Yes. I've got two on the block for you. Do you want A or do you want B? Do you want the femme or do you want the male? Hey, Queen Latifah and Moni Love taught me years ago. It's always ladies first. Ladies first. Ladies first. Vincent, get from Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin. In six movies or six less. Six movies or less. Two. Two. Share. Share. Hmm. Shares also an equally in not arguably bigger star of the 70s sure 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 and 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 a damn good actress Mm -hmm. i got a question about Cher once we get to the other side of okay all right this is how we are going to get to share Dover martin isn't Sheba Baby with Jane Kennedy? Jane Kennedy, Jane Kennedy is not. I, I know, baby. I know, I know. I, 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 I it's just fond women in my head. <laughs> Dervil Martin isn't Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. Pam Greer is in Jackie Brown with Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is in. Wait, did I just? No, I didn't is oh yeah who did you mess up gina davis is not in peggy sue got married that is kathleen turner Mm -hmm. okay in that case dervil martin is in All right, give me a second after because because now I got to get uh, you. You were you were mapped it. You had mapped it out with the Gina Davis. I had mapped it out with the Gina Davis. Yeah, I had indeed mapped it out. Um, I'm trying to think what. Was okay. Sharon All right, got it. All right, and I think I, I hope I don't run out of space with this. Okay, Derville Martin is in. Oh, this is too many. This is going to be too many. <laughs> I smell a victory. No, no, I got six. Okay, Derville Martin is in Dolomite with Rudy Ray Moore. Right. Rudy Ray Moore is in Penitentiary 2 with Mr. T. Mm-hmm. Mr. T is in Rocky 3 with um Carl Weathers. Okay. 
Carl Weathers is in Predator. Mm-hmm. Shit, we're getting to share. <laughs> All right, shares in Moonlight. And Cher is also in Moonstruck. I'm sorry, Moonstruck. Uh, What else is Cher in? She's in, what's the movie uh, about the the boy with the big... Is she in Mask? Yeah, I think she's in Mask. She is in Mask. What is her other big movie? Um... Hmm. She's also in a movie with Christina Aguilera. That's the one I'm oh, drawing to Lord, yeah. right now. She, I mean, Mask is a big movie. Yeah, but nobody's in it but Eric Stoltz. Okay, but I think she may have... She's famous for that movie. I've got her filmography here. She's in Suspect. She's in The Witches of Eastwick. She is in The Witches of Eastwick, and that is with Susan Sarandon. And? Is that Bette Midler? Uh-uh. Who's the third witch? The third witch got her start in Scarface. It's not, um... No. I mean, if it's not Michelle Pfeiffer... Oh, it is Michelle Pfeiffer. You were snapping. I was pointing at Batman. That's Kim Basinger. Yeah, but she was in Batman Returns. Okay, well, you were pointing to yeah, the yeah, Batman. Yeah. Okay. You were talking about a blind. I was like, no. All right. All right. Well, there you go, then. There, there, yeah, 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 there you go. Derville Martin is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Batman with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is in Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer, who is in The Witches of Eastwick with Cher. There you go. Yeah. Got there. Cher is good. <laughs> that was a good pull. Right? That's a good one. I thought she had. I was trying to get to Nicolas Cage. Because then you could have got to Moonstruck. Because then I could have got to Moonstruck. So where how do you get to Nicolas Cage? Well, see, I was getting I was gonna get to Nicolas Cage through Kathleen Turner, who I thought was in. No, I'm sorry. Um I thought Gina Davis was in Peggy Peggy Sue Got Married. Okay. But that's Kathleen. No. Kathleen Turner. That's Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Yeah. That's Kathleen Turner. So, right. I was trying to bounce, trying to get to Kathleen Turner. And I forgot that that was not Gina Davis. Mm. Because I was going to go through the long kiss goodnight, which would get me to Gina Davis. That's Sam Jackson to Gina Davis. And then Gina Davis was always in the mix. Could you have gotten, you you know how, I'm trying to think. Like, I know Nicolas Cage was in 30,000 things. Right. But I, I was right. I'm actually trying to think of if you could get to quickly Angelina Jolie, because Anna she's in um what's that, sixty seconds or less or whatever that movie was with Nicolas Cage. Right. See, and that's that was I was gonna finish the like Nicolas Cage was in a bunch of stuff, but I realized like except for like The Rock and Peggy Sue got married and um actually really like the vampire oh no that's jim carrey um what's the movie where he's in vegas and he's committing suicide oh is that uh leaving las vegas leaving las vegas but then i forgot who was in leaving las vegas with him what jim carrey vampire movie about the reference oh uh once bitten 
I've never seen that. Wait, yeah, I think that's Jim Carrey in Once Bitten. I never saw that. Once Bitten is fun. Really? Where's that Nicolas Cage? I'm pretty sure that's Jim Carrey. I don't know. All right. Anyway, that was a mess, but I got to it. That was a mess. Yeah. You ready for the second one? Yeah, hopefully this will be cleaner. I think it will. It, you know, I always think they're hard. Share's a good pull, though. And you then you knock them out the box. Yeah, share's a good pull. All right. All right. So the next one is Gift from Dervil Martin. Dervil Martin, too. Michael J. Fox. Okay. Well, Michael J. Fox. It's kind of a cheat because you actually gave me the answer to Michael J. Fox a couple of weeks ago. Dervo Martin is in. Um, oh, here you go. I'll take a different path. Dervo Martin is in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer, who's in White Light, Grease Lightning with Richard Pryor, who's in Superman 3 with um what's jimmy olsen's name the actor mark mcclure mark mcclure who's in supergirl with helen slater mm-hmm. who's in how to what is it how to succeed in business without trying or oh the secret of my success. the secret of my success with michael j fox there you go well you got there because Michael J. Fox is, of course, in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. But besides um, Christopher. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Nobody huge. I mean, I guess. What's his name's in, in the first one? You talking no, about the, the, the and what's what's the weird. Yeah. What's the weird guy's name? Um, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Bad thing is the only thing I really know about Crispin Glover, and this is so embarrassing, is Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Well, Leia Thompson, she's not a name, but she that people know her. Right. She was around. Yeah. But I can't think of anything she was in <laughs> besides uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. All right. And well, then Teen Wolf, and I don't know who else was in Teen Wolf. I, yeah, nobody else of, of note. Those uh, can't possibly be Michael J. Fox's only big blockbuster films like you can't the just back be to the future and teen wolf i mean those really are his biggest films yeah wow that's all he needed i mean i, mean, I know the back to the, back future, to the future was, was three, huge yeah and then he was yeah. at the time collecting uh the family, ties. family ties but it seems like he was everywhere but it really is just teen wolf and the back to the future those are his big those are his big movies his but big i mean ones. but to be fair Back to the Future, Teen Wolf, the Back to the Future movies, those are big hits. Teen Wolf is a big hit. Uh, Secret of My Success is a eh, it was it was a yeah modest hit. But even then, they were saying this is a stretch, right? Uh, Bright Lights, Big City, eh, okay. Yeah. Casualties of War, he was trying to stretch himself. Yeah, doesn't go that great. Uh, Doc Hollywood, eh, I vaguely remember Doc Hollywood. Life with Mikey, I seem to remember that being a hit. I actually like like with Life of Mikey. Uh, and then he kind of like, um, yeah. who's in Teen Wolf with him? Anybody interesting? Nobody interesting. Yeah. No, no. That's really just all about him. You know, it's, it, it's, it's fascinating. These actors from this period that. Then it becomes like really a character the, actor. Because yeah. But it, a lot of the American president. 
the Frighteners, Mars Attacks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, you have all these 80 who, who are almost like siloed. Like, mm-hmm. they're the big actors mm-hmm. in their films. And then you have these, um, you, you know, I think the polite term would be character actor, side actor around. It's not like now where they kind of stack the films. Right, right. Yeah, he, um, but I mean, to, to be fair, he then goes, uh, he's got a big hit uh, as the voice of Stuart Little. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. They were hits too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure I took Olivia to see that. She loved it. Mm-hmm. That was a big hit. I, I enjoyed Stuart Little. I thought it was mm-hmm. a fun movie. Rudell uh, says that uh, Once Bitten was indeed. Yeah, I liked Once Bitten a lot. Yeah, I like Once Bitten a lot. And Deborah Battle, she she went this route. Estelle Parsons is in Bonnie and Clyde with Faye Dunaway, who's in Chinatown with, uh, she wrote Clint Eastwood, but I think she meant Jack Nicholson. Right. in Witches of Eastwood. And if I was going Michelle Pfeiffer, I mean, he's also in Batman, but Michelle Pfeiffer and Jack Nicholson and James Spader, speaking of those 80s actors, the three of them are in a, a film that, I like. I don't know how if anyone else liked it. Wolf. Yeah, I, 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 I had, I, I had some room for Wolf. I like Wolf. I like Wolf. My question about Cher. Okay. Do you think that in today's time, people more know Cher for her acting or her singing? Oh, definitely her acting. Yeah. Well. No, I. I'm sorry. I, I when you said her singing, unfortunately, I was thinking about Sonny and Cher. Cher, but Cher has had a whole career. Yeah, but when you think about yeah, how old is that song already? Yeah, but when's the last time Cher was in something? Uh, when's the last burlesque? A- the movie I mentioned with um Christina Aguilera, that's the 2000s. Nine people saw that movie. Okay. Well, you turn on if I could turn back time. Okay, but how many people are still checking for that song in that video? I think it's I think that I think that song is. Is no. is a classic at this point. It, it it is. People know her, but like I think, more than from burlesque. But I think okay. But I think to your point, I think more people. How about this? More people may know Cher just as a celebrity. Sure, sure, just as even, an icon. Yeah, then, and you don't even know why she's an icon. I'm, I'm supposed if, to know her, right? At a certain right, if you're a certain age, you just know she's an icon. Yeah, but you never actually saw her. Mm-hmm. become an icon right in a lot of ways she's almost like like i feel like we saw the final stage of barbara streisand yeah like like by the time we were 15 16 she's in the she was barbara streisand right right but we didn't see her come up no right okay no, no. yeah and you know who else is probably followed that mold with share who? Madonna. Madonna, same thing. Yeah, Madonna's just you you know her. Right. If you were if you are young enough, you don't even understand. You know, Diana Ross. Yeah. Like, like you kind of know she was like she was yeah. a singer. The, the the shame about Diana Ross is that she probably should be mentioned there with Cher and uh Madonna, mm-hmm. but Diana Ross doesn't get into the music video world true which gets you on television that's a very a good point Diana. i mean 
because she deserves it right there were one or two videos but you're right she was pretty much yeah. done because because by the yeah like her music career really dies with disco right like maybe there was a video for upside isn't that interesting yeah. diana ross's musical career was over even before like aretha franklin and gladys knight yeah how about because both of them had videos did they Plural. have video? patty labelle had patty videos. labelle had videos yep isn't that interesting yeah yeah because in a lot of ways she's and she is the, the first icon. one of those black female singers who made that second career leap yep yep, yep. before any of them mm-hmm. wow that's that's really interesting you're right Diana Ross never was really part of the video. Like, I feel like there was a video from Missing You, the Marvin Gaye song that she did mm-hmm. a- after he died. And then she did a video. But she, even did, that. Did she have a, a bit of a hit? Because didn't she do a duet with Lionel Richie? And I th- feel like there was a video. I don't know if there that. was a video for Endless Love. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe there wasn't. Yeah, I don't know if there was a video for yeah. Endless Love. Yeah, I'm telling you. It, it, it's, it's the shame. But um, I think Missing You may have been the last Diana Ross hit. Yeah. And and no, we're and not avoiding think, talking about Soul Man at all. Shut up. <laughs> and when I say this is that, important, she did she did, definitely did have some music videos, but she had music videos before music videos became but again you're saying were. she definitely had music videos and i'm saying to you i don't know how many videos she had maybe one or two you we're know right. maybe upside down yeah yeah maybe my house mm. maybe, look i'm just i don't know but you're right cuz if you I mean, you're looking it up. What what year are those two um, Nile Rodgers out? Because I think she had two albums that Nile Rodgers produced. Uh, it's like Diana and um, what are those albums that Nile Rodgers produced? What year are those? Okay, well, I was looking up music videos. Oh, well, I can you you had to look up the videos. You just see what year those albums were. Yeah. So that, but that's a a different. A different search. So let me look that up real quick. Her discography. Uh, yeah, Diane is nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen. And the boss is nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Says swept away came. Oh right, swept away is eighty four, and that's what missing you was on. Okay. Okay. And then I think she's done. Yeah. Even though to be to be a completist, it says here she did put out an album uh, last year. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, but but yeah, but but, just, but know, even just... then, now she's the icon. Mm-hmm. So she just put mm-hmm. out something. Yeah, so really swept away 84. And you're coming into the video age, really. Yeah, because that's missing you, rescue me. Right, right, because Diana and the boss are really before videos. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. That's an answer. Okay. This has been female icon talk. You know, this has been a show. And yet we still have to <laughs> Jesus. All right, come on, let's go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's just you, you, all right, fine. Uh yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead and introduce it. Yeah. Or or say, you know, we, <laughs> we're gonna go to break. Let's, let's, let's get into <laughs> this piece of shit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your little bit. Do your bit. Oh my God. 
Do your thing. Good. Do your thing. Do your thing. Come on. Hurry up. Let's get into our review of Soul Man. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. $10,493. Harvard Law School. This is a big day for all of us. That's why I've decided to let you pay your own way. Estimated annual living expenses. You ever applied for a loan before? $7,500. Mr. Watson, you don't pay your bills. Get out. Total for three years of law school. Wait a second, look at this. Full tuition for the most qualified applicant. Most qualified black applicant. $53,979. Don't you think you're overreacting? No. Congratulations, Mr. Watson. Thank you, sir. I'll do my best. Some people will do anything to get into Harvard. It's gonna be great! These are the 80s, man! It's the Cosby decade! For Mark Watson, all it took was a little soul. I'd like you to meet my good friend, Kareem Abdul Ali. We got Washington here on the coin toss, so he'll take Leon. That's Watson. Right. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah, there may be a problem here. His roommate was a, uh... <clears throat> what? A black Negro. A black Negro? You know, there's something really strange about you, and I don't know what it is. Oh, God, is she beautiful? You gotta believe me. You must have learned a great deal more than you bargained for. Don't tell her I'm white. Don't tell her you're white! What's going on? Can we blame him for the color of his skin? Mom, Dad... I'm black. What? what? No, you're crazy. Mark Watson. Come on now! From the producer of Risky Business, Soul Man. He didn't give up. He got down. Got on. You really hate the Beach Boys now? Soul Man from 1986, an American comedy film directed by Steve Miner and written by Carol Black. In order to win a scholarship, Mark Watson, the white son of an affluent psychiatrist, pretends to be black on his application form to a scholarship for Harvard Law School. When he's accepted, he alters his hair, skin, and speech to conceal his true identity. At first, Mark believes that going through law school as a minority will be a breeze but he soon begins experiencing racism. <laughs> Eventually, Mark falls in love with fellow student Sarah Walker and begins to feel guilty about his ruse. Starring C. Thomas Howell, Ray Don Chung, James Earl Jones, with appearances by a plethora of star of future actors that you may or may not know, including Leslie Nielsen, Malara Hardin, and Julia Louise Dreyfus, Soul Man was the choice of Lynn Webb as we begin 2022's Mother May I have another one of those bad black movies, Lynn. 
How do you want to start talking about the bad black movie, Soul Man? Well, I wanted to start talking about James Earl Jones, but we did that in the earlier part of the show. So if you skip straight ahead to the review, go back to the beginning of the show and you can hear us talk all about James Earl Jones' appearance in Soul Man. So with that out of the way, suffice it to say, we were confused. We were confused. We had questions. We had questions. With that out of the way, let me start by talking about Soul Man this way. Lest you be confused by not only James Earl Jones' appearance in this film, and not only by the appearance of like umpteen time Emmy winner Julia Louise Dreyfus appearance in this film. Julia Louise Dreyfus, who won uh, Emmys for Seinfeld as well as for Veep mm-hmm. on HBO. This film was written by Carol L. Black. Mm-hmm. Now, who is Carol L. Black, you may ask? Carol L. Black is the creator of Ellen, mm-hmm. the sitcom that launched Ellen DeGeneres into the stratosphere and was known for, as a smart comedy. Um, and Carol L. Black is also the creator of another ABC sitcom icon, The Wonder Years, mm-hmm. which is a like great sitcom that talks about a a, a uh, life in the fifties from a white lens. Mm-hmm. So, Carol L. Black is a talented writer yes who had to get her chops make her bones with soul man Mm -hmm. in 1986 a film that posits what would happen if a white boy a young white man is stripped of his privilege and has to make it in the world. That is, you know, at its essence, at its at its core, what this film is about. How they go about that story <laughs> is where the trouble begins. <laughs> Because this movie starts with C. Thomas Howe being told by his father, played by James P. B. Sicking, who an actor who I would grow to love in Hill Street Blues. Mm-hmm. He is being told by his father, who is obviously very, very rich. In I believe in they live in California. Yes. Well, that's that's right. the whole thing. They live in Los Los Angeles. They live in Los Angeles. Yes. He's told by his father that, you know, I have 
put money into you, anything you wanted, I have given you. You have lived a life of luxury. The scene takes place by the pool Mm -hmm. in their beautiful home with the father outside uh, on one of those. What what are those machines where you turn your upside down as you? I believe they're referred to as an exercise machine. Okay, I think there's actually a more specific in the eighties we for called them an exercise. Okay, machine. but it was an exercise machine. He's mm-hmm. talking to him on an exercise machine. He is wearing the the uniform of the the middle aged white uh, white man of modest upper middle class, a fila sweatsuit. Yes, yes, yes. And he is telling his young charge how I have given you every benefit in life. And now you are on your way to college. You have made it into Harvard. Mm -hmm. You have been accepted into Harvard University. And it it is at this point where I am taking away the checkbook. And you now must go and make it on your own. You got there. You you and your grades got you into Harvard. Now you can figure out how to pay for Harvard on your own. That's right. So he is having his privilege stripped away from him. Now you've got to make it make life on your own. And this young man's solution is that if I pretend to be a black man. Yes. Then I will qualify for a scholarship mm-hmm. that will pay for my tuition mm-hmm. plus $8,000 right into Harvard, which in 1986 dollars is approximately $500,000. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, the movie hand waves that the scholarship was awarded was set to be awarded to a a student who a black a genuine black student worthy of the scholarship mm-hmm. genuine black <laughs> yes <laughs> but he chose to go to stanford yes they offered him a better package they offered him a better package than a full ride in a full ride, five hundred thousand dollars. Yes, in stipend. Yes, at the most prestigious, at the most prestigious law school, <laughs> law school. right? With which they tell you, no, but but never mind that. Never, never mind. mind that. Don't pay any attention to never that plot that. point. Don't y'all don't pay attention to that. No, 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 no. I'm going to go to Stanford. Right, right. They probably gave him free nachos too. Pretty much. Like we're going to give you all this plus also free nachos. Yes. All right. So go ahead and a movie pass. Right, right. Because right. it'll that. still be in. Right, right, right. So because they couldn't. And now we are told that that young man who chose Stanford mm-hmm. over Harvard mm-hmm. and this full, this full, ride and this full ride to Stipend. Harvard, Stipend, right? There was no other black person in Los Angeles, zero blacks, <laughs> who they found could qualify for right. this scholarship. So they gave it to this Johnny Come Lately. Yes pseudo black right 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 who they believe is a genuine black they believe he's the genuine black as he sits there with his curly right 
Afro. Right. And this is going to be the multimedia portion of the podcast. Those of you who are listening to this, I need you to open up a window on your smart device. Yes. And pull up a picture. Yes. Of C. Thomas Howe. C. Thomas Howe in Soul Man. In Soul Man. So that you can see the disguise Mm -hmm. that convinced this committee. Yes. That he was a genuine black. Now. Now then, that you've come back and you have the visual, go ahead. Thus, anyone accused this film of blackface. Yes. And C. Thomas Howe coloring his his features to Mm -hmm. look black. The movie also hand waves mm-hmm. that they have a friend mm-hmm. a friend yes. who has developed a pill a pill which if taken you know i think he has to take maybe more than one of the pills yeah yeah a tanning pill yes for white people that want to be you know have a perpetual tan sure sure if you take multiples of this pill you will appear as a brown-skinned person. Now, this is not the first time we've seen this plot point. Is, was that the plot point of Black Like that Me? That is 100% that's, that's right. what he did in, in Black, Black Like, like Me. Me. He, quote, unquote, took a pill. That's right. I forgot about that. I'm thinking this is the first time... What, so Carol Black did not have the original thought. No, no, no. This this was an illusion, or perhaps she was paying respects. Yes. To another film that dealt with race as nuanced mm. as this does. Yes. Black like me. So he took a pill. He took a pill. Took a pill. So that he could appear. Appear black. Appear black. Right. Appear as a genuine black. A, a, a genuine black. Genuine black. And then he has mm-hmm. to, I, I'm assuming, wear an afro. Maybe a got wig. A, some type of perm or you think it was right. a wig. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the pill did this to I, his it, hair. It's unclear whether or not this. They don't give us the, any. The hair comes from the pill. Yeah. They actually don't have a lot of details about the pill. We don't know that. Right. We don't know that. Just know there's a pill involved. There's a pill involved that makes him appear black. And then something with the hair. Yes. And apparently this pill gives off these, uh, 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 like, uh, energy, a wave, uh, uh, some type of distorting field Mm -hmm. around him. Yeah. So that everyone believes everyone believes he's actually a black actually a black a person. genuine black a genuine black person including all of the black people including other genuine blacks all of the black people who when they see him say aha it is a fellow genuine black yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true this is all this, this is, is all a, this is all in the all film in the movie. he does interact with other blacks other he genuine with, blacks yes Including specifically Ray Dong Chung. Mm. He sits right next to her mm-hmm. in class. Mm-hmm. He um and she is none the wiser. None, no, no. Now, no. if you want to buy into the conceit that these people believe that he actually appears as black, that's fine. Lots of us look different. Lots of us look different. Black people are not a monolith. That's right. And we don't want to go on, be, you know, uh, prejudiced or racist or whatever, however you want to say, on, on ourselves 
to say that, you know, he doesn't sound black. No, because no. you mentioned that he puts on a voice. He actually doesn't put on a voice. Well, he puts on a voice at in, one at time. Right at one time. And yeah, right. But right. but but uh, other than that, other he than really that, is just, just he's speaking right, in he's his speaking regular, in, regular right, voice. Right, right, you know, right. Which is fine. Right, right. Because genuine black voices come in all all, all types. All well. types. Yes. So that is fine. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. And yet, and yet, this movie it is first of all, all right. First of all, the first crime of this movie is that this movie purports to be a comedy. Yes. This movie is not funny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even just talking about the the storyline that they're putting out here. There is just nothing funny mm-hmm. in this movie. It does try to be funny. It tries to be slapsticky funny. It tries some sometimes to be maybe a little bit more smart with its humor. It fails on all accords. Mm-hmm. The story of it is, is absolutely preposterous mm-hmm. about how everyone whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're old, whether you're young, it's just taken in by this this stupid ruse of mm-hmm. this guy purporting to be a, a black a, a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, it is insulting. Mm. It is in, in, then there's that insulting what is happening in, in, in the, what happens in this movie. Uh, he is he's pulled over of course while while black mm-hmm. um he is uh the butt of of jokes while black mm-hmm. he is a slightly discriminated um uh as far as getting an apartment while black he is there is a white wo- white woman who who sees him and he immediately just wants to jump in bed with him. Yes. One, because he's black. And two, because he's black, it will piss off her father. Of course. That's the, uh, everything. A tale as old as time. As old as time. And the other insulting thing about this film is that it stars C. Thomas Howe who is a man of three names. Mm -hmm. That's about the only good thing I can say about C. Thomas Howe. He is not Hmm. a good actor. He is not captivating in this film at all. He has zero chemistry with anyone. He doesn't have chemistry with the guy with... um, the guy that's playing his best friend Gordon, right? He has no chemistry in the in the scenes with James Earl Jones. No, he has zero chemistry with Ray Dong Chung, who I actually think is not doing a bad job of what is asked of her in this film. Right. Um, and it's ironic that he has no chemistry with Ray Dong Chung because they fall in love and get married in real life. Yes, after this film. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously he's doing something off screen, right? Exactly. That he cannot duplicate exactly on screen, exactly. And that it, it, it it's a failure of this film because there there is an opportunity 
I'm not going to I'm not going to be so callous to say that there is not an opportunity to pull off something here, you know, from from the the basic premise. It didn't need to go the way that it did. Mm -hmm. But the basic premise here, there is something to be mined if you get the script, the tone and the acting and directing (laughs) correct. (laughs) If every single aspect of this film was different <laughs> then, then perhaps, perhaps it could have worked it could have worked right but but because i mentioned you know see thomas how ray dong chung have are have gone on like you know crusades defending their this so film so bizarre it is so so very bizarre this they, is the hill they've chosen well i mean this is the film that pretty much ended c thomas howell's career so i can see him wanting to defend it a little bit uh i'm i'm gonna bring it bring it up um i don't know if you have it there already but i what his quote yeah yeah i don't you do? I do not. I oh, you don't? Not. I thought I thought you had it because he go he goes You're in talking about this dumbass. <laughs> Me as a white man showed it to my white son, and the both of us said it wasn't nothing wrong with it. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and and, and take and, and sit the next couple out. See Thomas Howell. I don't need to hear anything else from you. He said. He said. He 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 said. Uh, see Thomas Howell. A white man donning blackface is taboo. Contra- conversation over. You can't win. But our intentions were pure. We wanted to make a funny movie that had a message about racism. So as you said, if every single solitary aspect of what they did. Mm-hmm was done differently right then maybe it could have been some right now there is a film that it, see thomas how even brings up that i think gets it right and what film and is that's that? years later and that's tropic thunder with where robert downey jr yeah but is in blackface. Yeah, but that's actually part of the the plot exactly. of how ridiculous it is. Exactly. And it's not about race. It's actually about quote unquote method actors. Exactly. Exactly. So that's I have to tell you, see Thomas Howe. That's like oranges and watermelon. Like, what the hell are you talking? Like, see Thomas Howe when asked. Just let me know when it's my turn. It's about to come up. See Thomas Howe when asked, could this movie be made today? He cites, Robert Downey Jr. just did it in Tropic Thunder. The difference is that he was just playing a character in Tropic Thunder and there was no magnifying glass on racism, which is so prevalent in our country. I guess that's what makes people more uncomfortable about Soul Man. Yes, that's that's what made us uncomfortable <laughs> about Soul Man. But it cut too close to the bone. But I think it's an important movie. Yes, he does. And in and like I said, in 2014, I think he was interviewed by the AV club and he talked about showing it to his son mm-hmm. and his, his son enjoyed it a great deal. And I said, well, there you go. There you go. Two white men enjoyed it and <laughs> said it was OK. So, all right, everybody, go ahead, pack it up. We can all go home. See, right. Thomas Howe said we're overreacting. Right. And also his son said it. Right. Right. Um, 
<laughs> yes, Rudell. The character was giving off a blackifying force field in this film. Film, Vincent. What? What? You got this there? is this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. It was terrible when it came out. Yeah, everyone knew it was terrible. I am always fascinated by these examples of pop culture, mm-hmm. film, television, music, art, clothing, whatever, that address race. Yeah. That you can tell not only did black people have absolutely nothing to do with this, it was created and envisioned by white people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually know any black people. There's nothing about this film that makes me think that Carol Black knew any black people. Like, not that she's not black. I don't know if she knew any black people. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. bounced it off of them? No, no. Studied them? No. no. Anything? No. This script was not vetted. Look, you look, it's a terrible film. Like you said, it, it's just just as a film. It's not funny. It's not well directed. The reason no. I think it's important to note that C. Thomas Howe and Radon Chung actually had a relationship in marriage after this film is because, as you said, obviously there is some chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. This film utterly fails to capture any of it. That's true. Even though, to be fair, they married and were not long after divorce. Look, their marriage was longer than this two-hour movie. That's very so true. they had chemistry longer than two hours. That's very true. This is a film that doesn't know if it wants to be one of these fratty movies from the 80s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or deal with racism yeah. at all. Again, just tonally. It doesn't know what doesn't it, know wants where it wants to, to do. Go, where it wants to land. No. I don't have a lot of evidence to make my C. Thomas Howell argument, but I will say that in a film that's one of my, like I was talking about earlier about how it was just this, this embarrassment of riches with these young white actors in the eighties. And, and perhaps the greatest showcase is The Outsiders, Mm -hmm. which when you look at the cast of The Outsiders, it is ridiculous, all of the actors that are in The Outsiders. And I think C. Thomas Howe, rightfully, is the lead. Like, C. Thomas Howe, as Pony Boy, is actually the main character. Like, I like C. Thomas Howe. Like, I think this is a failure of direction. Okay. Like you said, the script. So just as a film, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. Thematically, once again, it's, it's, you you know, I made, I talked about black like me, but this mirrors the most insulting aspect of black like me. This whole configuration, that blackness, and this is the blackface thing. Blackness is a costume. Yeah. That could be donned by a quote unquote regular person. Mm -hmm. And because blackness is so superficial and so, so sort of, 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 
of skin deep, pardon the pun, you can just put it on. Yeah. It's is is the, the innate level of disrespect you can't even articulate. Then when you talk about blackness, and you see this in this film, much like you saw it in Black Like Me, blackness is treated as a problem. Yeah. Like yep. the only thing that black blackness brings is racism from the police, over-sexualization and stereotypes by other people, Mm -hmm. everything, so that the big moment at the end where he learns his lesson, where James Earl Jones tells him, you've learned something about being black. And he says, ah, but I didn't really learn about being black because I could always take it off. I really hated that. As if, again, blackness is something that that, that, that you take off. Yeah. Is absolutely horrible well to her credit okay got it got it this does not directly reference a form affirmative action except for the one moment there's a there's a quick exchange by two student two um students at the end of the film where one whispers to the other this is why we shouldn't have these affirmative action students Mm. but besides that one exchange like like we said this is not something where he got into school because of a you know all of the anti-affirmative action language you know it was a set aside or this that and the other he got this scholarship mm-hmm. but the subtext that is barely subtext is this reflection of the white hysteria around affirmative action yeah and yeah. black people taking these spots mm-hmm. and spots they don't deserve yeah and this that and the other and it's just it's just terrible and frankly if it was just that i don't think it would make me that you know i'd be angry and you know but, but you know it's like okay it's 1986 we're in a like this is a country that elected ronald reagan twice so i'm not that surprised uh, Ronald Reagan, whose son Ron Reagan is, whose in, son Ron Reagan in was movie. in this film. But the fact that in the twenty-first century, people who own smartphones, after we've had a black president, the fact that Ray Don Chung and C. Thomas Howe have the audacity. To sit somewhere and not even have the shame (laughs) to just shut up. Ray Don Chung, I don't know nothing about Ray Don Chung. I don't. I don't know. I know her daddy. I know who her, I mean, you know, I know her father, but, but I don't know about her life but as a black woman who says the only reason black people got upset about this film was because of spike lee that's what that is exactly what she said (laughs) i question how many black people has ray don chung talked to about this movie she said, and I quote, it was only controversial because Spike Lee made a thing of it. He's never seen the movie. He just jumped all over it. The film is adorable and it didn't deserve it. And again, what what, what year is that quote from? Uh, 2000 what? Uh, it doesn't give me. Well, hold on. 
I'll give you that. It was in 2016. Right. Again, this is not in the heat of the moment where Radon Chung is. This is years later. Yeah. Radon Chung has been in the color purple. Mm -hmm. I liked her more than you did, but I think both of us, I I liked her in the visit. Uh, But I mean, she was better in that than this. Like if, if, like if you're Radon Chung and and you're, 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 you're talking about your legacy, I think the visit is better than this. No, the visit is better than this. Yeah. So yeah. again, and then as I just said, see Thomas Howe, just, just you, you know, oh, I showed it to my son, and we watched it. And it's, you know what? <laughs> Someone mentioned Atlanta during the break, and I'm catching up with Atlanta uh, for this season. But Liam Neeson was in an episode uh, oh, a couple of weeks ago, and remember Liam Neeson got into a bit of a controversy when he said he wanted to kill a black man after his friend got raped and and there's this real surreal moment where Liam Neeson appears as like he's actually Liam Neeson mm. in the show and he jokes with the character Paperboy who's the character that Brian Tyree Henry plays and he basically says you know something 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 and I could kill you and Brian Tyree Henry's character is like yo have, don't you know like you should know by now you shouldn't say stuff like that mm. and Liam Neeson says the best thing and the worst thing about being white is that you never have to learn anything. <laughs> and when I read C. Thomas Howe talking about this film, I said, well, I guess this is what Liam Neeson is talking about. That's exactly what he's talking about. This is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone involved should be ashamed of themselves. Mm. Like, actually ashamed of themselves. I'm a proponent, I'm a proponent of shame. Like, I think you should put value on actions and behavior. And if you do something wrong, you should be ashamed of yourself so that you don't do something similar in the future. Right. And what angers me the most about some of the players of this film, they are not ashamed. Well, those two. Those two, right? Because like we said, I don't know, I don't know how much Carol Blackman brings this up. Yeah, yeah. Like she'd much rather talk about the Wonder Years. But, but the Wonder Years, Ellen, Julie Louis Dreyfus probably doesn't even remember <laughs> she was in it. Dead. Oh, she remembers. She, everybody involved with. You know who else remembers this film? You know who else remembers this film? Let me let me get the list right. Let me. Let me get the list <laughs> right. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Tim Robbins, Anthony Edwards, Val Kilmer, and John Cusack oh. all remember this film as well because all of them turned down the script <laughs> before it got to see Thomas Howell. In fact, I think all of them recommended some <laughs> Like I said, I mean, again, everybody I just named, these are all, again, it was a it was a bunch of actors. So I think, do you think they Highlandered him? <laughs> Did they Highlander see Thomas Al? You were our first choice. <laughs> it was always you, see. It was always, it was written for you. He couldn't hear the, the, the strains of Queen playing in the background. <laughs> All of them were standing in the hallway saying there can only be one. And then they were looking at each other and they were like, all right, we don't have to deal with him no more. I think they Highlandered him. They may have. This is terrible. Oh, job well done. This is terrible. It's not. 
It's not good. There, I, I did have a question, though. What's your question? Because there is a scene in this movie where C. Thomas Howe, because he is playing a a black character. A genuine black. He, he finds himself at a basketball court where they're about to play a pickup game. Yes. And because he is one of two black guys there. Right. They they uh select him for the team right they they fight over him because i don't know if you all have heard the stereotype but it's a stereotype that black people are really good at basketball right right. so so the joke hinges on that right and so you see immediately even though he kind of tries to tell them right that he's not good at basketball right because as we all know he's not actually a genuine black he's not a genuine black he's a genuine white right um, and he's the whitest white because he yeah. has no coordination, no right. skills whatsoever. Right, 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 right. And, but I couldn't help but think as I watched him dribble the ball off his nuts, right, right. shoot the ball over the backboard, right, get right. the ball stuck in the hoop. Right, right. The joke is they think he's a genuine black, but he's not a genuine not black, a genuine which means black. he's not good at basketball, unlike the genuine black on the other team who is, in fact, Good at basketball, right? Right, right. So as I watched them, I wrote this, people are saying, I wrote this "Where's the down. joke exactly? Like, where's the reversal? Where's?" I wrote this question down. Where, where's? Is this what Vincent looks like when he's playing basketball? Maybe, but I am indeed a genuine black. That is true. So, so this I wouldn't fit into. You wouldn't fit this joke. You would be see a joke. Like the way the joke works is that you have a reversal of expectation and it's a surprise. Like that's that's how jokes work. Lynn, knock knock. <laughs> Who's there? See? You were waiting for something. You thought you knew what you were waiting for. Knock knock. I'm and not, there you go. I'm not you're not playing my games. You're not playing my games. This is the weirdest episode of the yes. show. Yes. Yes. So even at so not only is it racist because the the scene reinforces the racist stereotype that black people are good at basketball. But then it's not even funny. No. Like, what would have been really funny is if he was good at basketball. Yeah. Because he's actually white. And then at the end, where they see that he's white, instead of the, the characters, there's a montage of the characters, like one, two characters go, that explains it when yeah. he's white, because he wasn't good at basketball, including the black guy. So now we have black people in on it. And then the white woman who has commented earlier that his penis is not that big. Yes. And she says that, that explains, explains it. it. See, all of that. It would 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 have been funny, yes, as what we call a joke, yes, is if he had a big penis, and he was good at basketball, right, right. and then when they see that he's white, they would have said what, right, and that would have been comedy. That would have been funny, yes, and also commentary on racist stereotypes. Yes, see how that works. Yes, well, that's the lesson that Carol Black learned when she went on to do a bunch of other stuff. stuff. What she really learned is. Just leave black people out your shit. Because that's what I got. 
when I saw she created the Wonder Years in the Ellen television show, and I said, "Oh, I guess she learned her lesson. Leave them blacks alone." Fair point. I'm just not going. I'm just not going. I'm just not going to deal with black people. I'm just not going to deal with black people. Like if you had said she was a consultant on Insecure, like she was Issa Rae's mentor, then I would say, "Oh, okay." Well, okay. Well, I see the lesson. I see, okay, she decided to immerse herself in black culture and treat black people like human beings. But no, nah, she just made two of the whitest shows ever and said, I'm just leave black people alone, which is also a lesson that I, I can respect. Uh, Farrah Blackwell asked the question, what was Black Hollywood's reaction to the movie at the time of its, of its release? I don't know about Black Hollywood, but um, there definitely was a reaction to this film members of the NAACP mm-hmm. spoke out against the movie um uh, an african american student group at UCLA organized a picket uh, the NAACP chapter president at the time Willis Edwards released a statement saying we certainly believe it is possible to use humor to reveal the ridicul- ridiculousness of racism however the unhumorous and quite seriously made plot point of Soul Man is that no black student could be found in all of Los Angeles who was academically qualified for a scholarship geared to blacks. Um, however, in the film, Sarah, played by Ray Don Chung, um, uh, qualified for the scholarship, but Mark unknowingly took it from her. Right. She lived outside of the Los Angeles area. And, and to Carol Black's credit i guess the film goes out of its way not to say that c thomas howell's character had better grades that's true like they 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 are clear that the one student chose another school Mm -hmm. and the reason it went to him before ray don chung's character is because she lived outside of los angeles and the way that the scholarship worked is that if there was no one in Los Angeles, then it would go outside. It would expand to the to, rest to the of California. Right. Which she would have been next in line. But again, the subtext is barely subtext. It's barely subtext. And it's, it's even weird then because, you know, first of all, he gets into Harvard, which means that he's got to have good grades. Right. First and foremost. Right. She got into Harvard, which means that she had to have good grades. Right. Once they're in class, there's one moment where you see they get some tests back. She got an A on the on the test. Yes. And he got a C plus. Dude, I can't look. That's a whole, like that's a whole other level to this. This is what I mean about they they tried to make it. I have to say, this is only my second time seeing. It. Like I saw it when it came out. Oh wow. And I said, this is terrible. I'm never watching this again. I had forgotten it was Harvard Law School. I thought it was just Harvard. Mm. So you mean to tell me that this is a man with a college degree, Mm -hmm. that his grades and his LSAT scores were good enough that he got into Harvard Law, but he acts like... And an extra from Animal House. That was my. That was going to be my thing. Like he parties and Give cuts smart, up. Smart answers. Smart. It's like yeah. this doesn't seem like someone who had the rigor and discipline to graduate from college. Yeah, with grades and LSAT scores well enough to get into Harvard. Right. And but but 
And then the movie. Then I thought, does Carol Black know anybody that went to Harvard Law School? Who knows? But so, like I said, you see Ray Don Chan. Ray character got an A. He gets a C plus. But then, without any kind of transition, all of a sudden, it, it, well, I guess the transition is that you soon learn that Ray Dong Chung is a single mother. Oh, well. uh, uh, <laughs> well, of course, of course, of course, of course, she's of course, a she's a single. Mother. Right? She said she was married and divorced, but then he just vanished i guess he right yes <laughs> right raising her raising her son <laughs> who she has to bring to work to the school with her because she works at the school and if we're nitpicking because she was married mm-hmm. why does her son have her last name well that could i mean there are women that do that so i'm oh, not gonna so just her husband was just that terrible something some do. So like, he's just she's just a terrible for whatever reason. We for don't whatever know. we that don't was, know. That's not explored. we don't. It's not explained or explored. It's okay, not all explored. right, all right. But so, but after that transition of meeting the kid and all that, and the cataract grandparents and everything like that, the next thing we know, we're told that Ray Dong Chung needs an A to bring up her grade. Right. We the only thing we saw her do was getting an A, and all she does is study. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like. Whoa! I literally rewound the movie because you thought you missed the part. I must have missed the part where she was getting bad grades. Yeah, like, yeah. But no, it, no, it, it it didn't happen. It didn't. You know, and, it and, didn't. And again, and then at the end of the movie where he decides that he's gonna he's gonna come clean. You never get a moment where like a huzzah moment where that happens. And there's zero repercussion. Z- zero. Repercussion. He gets to stay at Harvard. His father loans him the money to mm. pay for school. Yes. He gets the girl. Well, no, 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 no. I think his mo- his father. He says, my father is loaning me money for school. Remember, but he says it's at 25% interest. Okay, because he is paying it back because he's working at Harvard. Right now, now he's working in a dining hall. Because he her job. Right. Right, right, because he gave all the because he has he, you know gave right, all the money him. or has to give the money. Like it's unclear how she got the chunk of money that he's had all year or all semester. Well, he had, he had the $8,000 stipend. So he gave her the stipend, but, uh, and I guess they worked out. They worked out the money somehow going to the school. Right. Now paying is now paying her tuition. And then her father's, his father's paying his tuition. It's a loan. And he's paying it back. And he's paying it back. And of course, you know, certainly Harvard law school wouldn't have expelled someone who did something like this uh, of course not of course not even though bring up charges i was about to say even though in the film james earl's jones character references something that has happened previously where charges have been pressed and because this is fraud yeah and but and you have to believe that that fraud was not to the level was not to the level of impersonating of impersonating a, a black man right right and 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 certainly this seems like something that would be in the Boston Globe and maybe picked up by the New York Times. Which, and I thought about that, is that maybe the unspoken Did they cover it up? That they... Maybe they covered it up? Yeah. Okay, well, that tracks, though. 
Right. <laughs> like I did put that in my notes. The rich white guy gets away with all of it. I said, well, that part actually makes great sense. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But then the rich white guy, not only that, he gets away with it. At the end of the film, he turns into not only Superman, because two guys come in right. with, with right. their umpteenth racist jokes. I think that's I think they're majoring in racist humor law. Yeah. Like that's all they do is walk the halls of Harvard Law School telling racist jokes. Right. And is now because he can be his full white that he has had enough. Yes. And he doesn't just punch them. Mm-hmm. He punches each of them one time. That's right. And they go flying over tables yeah. And, yeah. and knocked out. Yeah. So he not only does he turn into Superman, but then he walks out in a leather jacket, collar popped. Yeah. And now he's Fonzie. Yeah. And you know this is a good thing because the one black student who his only purpose was to show that black people are good at basketball. Now he sits at the table and basically like right on. Yeah. 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 So you know it's cool because a black guy said it was cool. Yeah. Because he's really a brother. This is terrible. Yes. This is this is terrible. It's very bad. This is terrible, and I cannot say it enough. Everyone involved with this film should be ashamed of themselves. They should. So, Lynn. Yes, Vincent. Would you recommend Soul Man? No, I would not recommend that anyone watch Soul Man. Not even as a like a thought experiment. No, no, do not waste your time. I agree. There's no reason to actually watch this no i think you should know this film exists Mm -hmm. i think you should know that this fits into well an embarrassing history of of america and how there is a type of white person who is obsessed with blackface mm mm-hmm like anytime you see like like Halloween's coming up in a few months and just like it'll be apple picking season and the leaves will fall. There will be some white frat boy somewhere wearing blackface for Halloween. Yeah. Like yeah. this very much is part of the continuity of that mm-hmm. in this country. And if nothing else, knowing this film exists and everything makes you appreciate the true subversion of something like the watermelon man. Yep. Yep. Good point. Very good point. So not only should you not watch this, but I think you should go and watch watermelon. Go man watch the again. watermelon man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you should do. Would you recommend? So we already covered. Yeah. That. Not, a, not at all. Yeah. All right. All right. All enough right. of that. We got enough get out of, of here. That. This is, this is, this is incredibly long. Um, George Kimona says that a genuine black needs to be the next Michelle <laughs> Mission t-shirt. We, we, you know, we might. Because we're too genuine blacks. You know, might have something there, Mr. Uh, uh. George. Might have to make that happen. All right. Before we tell you what Vince has selected mm-hmm. for uh, a Mother May I, and boy, you thought I picked the Lulu. Um, we invite you all, ladies and gentlemen, to get involved with the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made, go to michellemission.com and hit swag and check out all of the cool designs that we have available for your download for your purchasing per- 
uh, pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. You can email us, just like Terry Plain, email us at mission at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 215-867-9666. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not cool. Follow the Michelle Mission on your social media of choice, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the Facebook group at Michelle Mission. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube and Twitch. And if you really want to help us wherever you subscribe to our podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review, especially if it's on Spotify and Apple, because that helps them people find us in their algorithms. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. We make podcasts work. All right. All right. Uh, stay tuned, listeners of the of the actual podcast, as we are going to be playing a new song from Alexa Gold, the creator of the Michelle Mission theme music we will be playing that on the actual podcast for your listening pleasure as we go out so check that out trust me it's good music so if you don't listen to our audio podcast you may want to start if only for that reason okay next week it's vincent's turn on the michelle mission and (laughs) i I told you (laughs) he's got a lulu He's got quite a Lulu. And he didn't have to go far looking for this one. He only went one year over to the year 1987. That's right. That's right. Mother, may I have Leonard Part Six? <laughs> Bill Cosby at the height of his powers yes. from the Cosby show. The world is his oyster. Mm-hmm. Any script in Hollywood could have been his. And he chooses Leonard Part 6. Yes. Yes. Next week, we will discuss whether or not that was a good choice. Mm. Spoiler, we're looking at it in May. (laughs) You know, I've never liked my name, my name, Leonard. Like, I'm not a fan of Leonard. That's why I go by Len. Okay. Is it because of this movie? But I was never more embarrassed by my name <laughs> than when this movie came out. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And I have diffused all attempts mm-hmm. to call me Leonard Part 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Part Anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Next week on the Michelle Mission, Leonard Part 6, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's. <laughs> I started to call you Len. <laughs> He's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Have you ever dreamed you walked down some imagined corridor? A labyrinth of elusive fantasy in the dreams that lie ahead? Step away softly to the future.
a vision of gold. The melodies live in me were begging me to set them free. Let them breathe. Can I so given to me to write and that that is you know my responsibility and that no one else could do it I I have really felt very strongly that uh, I, I have you know a real responsibility to create the things that I do 